Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, the indoor cycling program that lets you ride courses from all across the globe, including your chance to ride on the course from the Richmond World Championships in 2015, where Peter Sagan won. See how you compare. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. You're listening to the Zwift Tour of France podcast, episode 19. Uh, and before we start uh, the delving into the what happened last night, let me remind you that you can download this podcast on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash cycling central on iTunes, of course, because you've been finding us on iTunes. We are number one podcast in Australia, uh, or sports podcast in Australia. Or you can, of course, schedule a ride with our good friend at Zwift, zwift.com. Joining me today is Dave McKenzie. Hi, Dave. How are you going? I'm pretty pleased, and I'm sure you're pretty, pretty pleased as well. I, I'm very pleased, aren't I? And we all, we both know why. Let's, uh, let's cheers to it. Let's cheers to it. And that's beer. That's not, uh, that's not wine. No, no, it didn't sound it. Did it? Didn't sound like uh, champagne or wine. But uh, no, no, we're certainly celebrating Michael Matthews, aren't we? He, he's the toast of Australia at the moment, and certainly of his team's somewhere team. He's in career best form. Absolutely. Let's hear from Michael Matthews how uh, this whole day went and this fantastic second victory on the Tour de France 2017. Michael Matthews. Normally in, uh, in stage races, I can win one stage, but um, the second one is always really difficult to get. But um, when you have support like this from the team that I had today, it was, uh, it was really something special. And um, from when they started working straight away full, um, I could see the commitment from all the guys and that gives me so much more motivation to to finish it off for them and um, yeah today I had the legs to do that that green jersey is becoming a, a real race you're getting closer how do you prepare for the next few days I think uh, you just got to enjoy every day I think um, yeah now we have three wins in four days so I think we'll uh, we'll celebrate um, this third stage win and then um, yeah I think uh, with Luke Roberts we'll come up with another plan to add, uh, he's had the game plan set perfectly these last few days so um, yeah we'll, uh, we'll trust that he's He's got tomorrow ready already. That was Michael Matthews. Uh, I don't think he can be more pleased than this. And Sunweb are doing an amazing work at the minute. They're, they're you know, you've got Marcel Kittle, who's got five stage wins, and he's wearing the green still at the moment. Then you've got Team Sky in the yellow. But Team Sunweb, they're actually, I think, the best team on the road at the moment. The way they've won their stages, that's why. They're very complete as well, you know. King of the Mountain, Paul Cadot, they're in the running for the green jersey. There's other teams that would be lurking at this. Yeah, that's that's right. You make a good point. You know, I forget to mention Warren Bargill. I mean, how amazing and impressive has he been winning on Bastille Day? So in terms of wow factor, I think that's what they are. They're the wow factor of this year's race. And, you know, what was so pleasing, I think, um, about Michael Matthews' stage win they backed him from kilometre zero. They had a plan to go so hard over those first couple of climbs to drop Marcel Kittel and effectively time trial to the finish. That's 150 kilometres of time trialling, and that's what they did. And it's a lot of controlling with some pretty serious teams that were not really willing for them to control. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, that's right. The other point to that is that Michael then had to finish the job. He could have finished second on the stage... And in their eyes, it would have been a failure as a team they would, cause, because they committed so much. They've, they spent four or five men, you know, so imagine the, the workload that those guys do. They've got to back up today on, on uh, Galibier. So now it's worth it. 
those guys will suffer today, but it's so worth it because they got that stage win. Having said this, they might suffer again to back up on Bargill because Bargill has got the Polkado jersey. <laughs> You're going to have to drag him up the, up the mountain as well. You know what? I've just realised domestics don't get paid enough. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's have a listen to uh, Michael Matthews as well because there's something a little quirky about him. Michael, a little bit told me that uh, you used the Zwift yesterday during your rest day uh, and then you did the same last year when you had a win. Zwift is a sponsor of our podcast. How much of a uh, lucky charm that is for you? Yeah, I think it's, it's just really enjoyable for me. Um, sometimes you don't really want to go out training and yeah, sometimes you want to play some games while you're on while you're on the bike and uh yeah i find it really enjoyable um sometimes you yeah you don't want to go outside and you can talk to people and people can ride with you like riding with a pro and um yeah you get lots of nice comments which is nice i think um yesterday when i was on i didn't i didn't really post it anywhere i just wanted to see if uh see if i could sort of float through and um yeah i got a lot of encouragement for today um people um really believing in me that i can that i can keep winning and um that's really nice and um yeah the the swift is it's really cool and uh i really enjoyed i really enjoy it this is beethoven this is music to my ears maka he's been using swift how amazing is this let's say well, everybody knows swift is our sponsor but that's a good 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 coincidence for us it's it is it's it's incredible that that's what he did on the rest day he got on swift and uh No, it's it's amazing how these guys, you know, I think with technology and everything these days, and, you know, Zwift, let's be honest, it's a fantastic way to do indoor training. It's it's one of the best. And, uh, you know, the pros, they love it. It's their choice. Uh, you know, uh, Matthew Homan was another one. We all know that story with Paris-Roubaix. Um, but, yeah, Michael doing it, the day before he wins. <laughs> and he did the same, like I said in my question, did the same last year and he won again. That's like, that's almost spooky. I know, it's almost so weird. Uh, let's talk about the green jersey. Marcel Kitelli still in green tonight. He's not that happy about uh, how he turned up today. No, he was, uh, I mean, he would have put everything into it. He would have put everything into it to try and hold and stay with that main group. He couldn't. He was philosophical, though, wasn't he? And um, he knows it's a battle. He knows now there's a battle. The, doors, the, the door has been smashed open on that green jersey competition by Michael Matthews. You know, it's like he walked into a saloon bar and just kicked the doors in and said, I'm here and I'm ready. Uh, let's have a listen to uh, Marcel Quito. It is what it is. Uh, today was maybe not the best day in terms of the points uh, jersey of the of the sprint jersey, but uh, we, we will move on. We will continue to give for our best. We will fight for it. That's our spirit. That's um, what we will do in the next days. And there are definitely still chances there. So uh, nothing is lost. So Marcel Kittel, what can he do? Because tonight, that stage, there is a sprint, intermediate sprint, after category two. He's going to have to drag his own body over that bean mountain to be at least, not even winning that sprint, but to be in a challenge of that sprint. Yeah, and... With, with the position of the sprint, it totally favours Michael Matthews, totally. So it's actually the worst possible spot to have the sprint for Marcel Kittle. So, you know, he, he's just edging closer the whole time. So if Matthews can get over this cat too, which based on his form, he will. It's not a problem. The biggest problem he's got is other breakaway attempts, and he might miss those breakaway attempts, and then he misses the points. But, gee, it's game on, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, Chris Froome, uh, I know you interviewed him. What, what can we read from Chris Froome on a stage like yesterday and coming up to what's coming up tonight? He's a, he's a pro, isn't he? He's a pro, he's a racer, he's got experience. He was never going to miss the split in the crosswind when it happened. We knew that. Um, you know, I think we needed a disaster. When I say we, that's bad. It's like I'm saying we want him to lose. <laughs> we don't want him to lose. We just want a competition. I, I feel like I have to explain myself when I say that. But it's true, isn't it? He's just such a pro. But, I mean, 
we know it's the third week, start of the third week, we've been saying it. But you're right, we want a competition, and what do we have in our hands? It's a proper competition. We've got, for everyone listening, go back through the stats, at this point in any Tour de France ever ridden, this is the closest the top four have been ever in the history of the Tour de France. So we have got a battle royale looming. Absolutely, and what a way to start the third week, as we said, with that win again from Michael Matthews. It's a great way to start that first week. Oh, yeah, now we just want more, don't we? We're hungry. You know, we, we lost Richie Port. Poor old Richie Port. He'll be sitting at home wishing that he was here, and so do we. But, you know, we, we want to see the Aussies go well. And uh, so from our perspective, from SBS's perspective, it's, you know, it's just ramped up now. It's fantastic. What about Peter Sagan, do you think? You know, he sees Matthews winning. Uh, do you think Peter Sagan can, can sit back where he is, wherever he is, and thinking, that's a stage I could have won? Of course he would have. And, you know, it's really, uh, it's, it's such a shame that Sagan has not been here to challenge Michael Matthews, or Michael Matthews to challenge him, I guess we'd say, because Sagan was the king at those sort of finishes. It just would have been good to see those sort of battles. And you know what? Michael Matthews would have loved that as well, that battle. But... There'll be plenty more, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. You know, this is how this is what cycling is. It's 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 drama. It's brutal. It's glory. It's sadness. It's you know, it's got everything in one, and I guess that's why we all love it. Absolutely. We talked about data a little bit. We take a short break, and when we come back, uh, we talk to uh, Peter from Dimension Data, and he was he's going to tell us a lot about how do they gather data, what is that little black box behind uh, the bike, and we'll know a lot more straight after the break. You stick around. I'll stick around. Yeah, why not? No problem. See you just after this. If you've tuned in by now, you'll have worked out that we're really big fans of Zwift over here. It's a transformative indoor cycling platform where you can connect with riders all over the world for group rides and workouts. But did you know you can also automatically download everything to Strava, Training Peaks, Today's Plan and Map My Ride. It's super easy to set up so you can track your progress and your rides. Just another reason to hop on Zwift and give it a spin. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today. Uh, we're here, we're going to be a bit nerdy in the podcast now because we're talking to Peter Gray with a nice Aussie accent in the Dimension Data truck. Hi, Peter. How are you? Pretty good. Let's talk about data. Let's talk about how Dimension Data has brought a whole new level of understanding on that race. Am I summarizing pretty well? Yeah, so over the last couple of years, we've been able to start putting uh, telemetry devices on all the, all the riders of the Tour de France. So 198 riders, we, every second we get their position and speed every, every second you know, of the race, and we can understand exactly where they are, exactly how fast they are, and then figure out a whole bunch of things on the back of that. So when we mention Dimension Data, we're not talking the team, we're talking the, uh, the, the IT partner that you are for, for A, so we need to clarify that uh, from the start. Uh, so talk to us about how does that actually work, uh, and, and because you brought uh, artificial intelligence, I believe, this year. That's right. So, so we basically take all of that, that data that comes back from the bikes, and that comes to us you know, in, in real time, and we're processing that. We do a whole range of things to it to figure out where the riders are on the course and the groups and the gaps and, and, and all of that kind of thing. But then because we've been doing that now for a couple of years, we've got this history of how races evolve and what happens within the peloton um, and so we've been feeding that into uh, um, artificial intelligence machine learning model and that's allowing us to start doing uh, predictions on the race so things like you know who are the riders who are likely to perform well on a given stage or whether the breakaway is likely to get caught or how hard are the riders actually working at any given point in time and so far you've been 
more right, more wrong? How's, how's the machine learning? How's the machine performing against the human brain? Yeah, well, the, the, the machine's only... Ne- well, it's now two weeks old. It's a two-week-old machine, uh, but it's doing incredibly well. Uh, you know, it's predicted the winner, you know, about half of the stages, and, and it's never done worse than pe- pre- predicted uh, two of the, the, the top five. So, uh, you know, we're, we're at about a 90% success rate uh, just in terms of the accuracy of our predictions, which is great. What's the target? Because I guess you can't get 100%, but how close of 100% do you guys want to be? Oh, look... At the moment, the focus for us is really about creating uh, interesting conversations for, for fans and, you know, we, we, we're encouraging people to compete against the machine on Twitter and, and you know, so we, we know that in racing, uh, the unpredictable always happens and that's why we love watching it and, you know, so, so we don't expect to get 100% but we'll continue to focus on, you know, how can we make it even more and more uh, more and more accurate but some some ways i kind of like it when the uh, the outsider wins absolutely you're aussie as well so <laughs> yeah that, that that's exactly that's exactly right you know so so you know we we we, we back an underdog absolutely where can the public find this because it's not on the general screen uh, or not yet on the general screen actually the first question is how far are we from having this on the general screen and where can we find it right now Yeah, so this this is something that we're trialling for the first time this year, and so we're publishing some of those results out through at Latour Data um, and through the uh, at Dimension Data um, uh, Twitter accounts. And so you can follow it. You use the the hashtag DD Predictor, um, and you you can find you know some of the predictions that we're pushing out there. Once we once we've finished the tour, we'll sit down with ASO and start to figure out the roadmap for next year and the, and the years to come, and and how that could be used in the the broader broadcast. Absolutely. How how do you avoid people with, with betting, for example? How do you avoid that that insider sort of trading inside the betting? It's a question that needs to be asked. Yeah, well, and at the end of the day, we can't control the race outcomes. Um, you know, we, we can provide insight into to, to what predicted outcomes might be. But, uh, you know, they're, they're often very similar to what the, um, the experts will be saying. And, and at the moment, that's what we're measuring ourselves. Can we make a machine just looking at the data with not the rich history of, uh, you know, 20 years of working in the industry? Can, can we make that machine that's two weeks old do as good a job as, uh, you, know, uh, you know, someone like Robbie McEwen, for example? And last question, do you provide different data to t- uh, Team Dimension Data or do you treat them completely separately? Yeah, obviously as, as the uh, technology p- provider for the tour, you know, our role is for ASO, who are the owners of the Tour de France, and, and so we provide the same service to every single team. Uh, you know, we, we, we might like watching Team Dimension Data, but, but they get the same service as everybody else. And how many times do you have to answer this question on the tour? Yeah, quite a few times. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. No worries at all. If you've tuned in by now, you'll have worked out that we're really big fans of Zwift over here. It's a transformative indoor cycling platform where you can connect with riders all over the world for group rides and workouts. But did you know you can also automatically download everything to Strava, Training Peaks, Today's Plan and Map My Ride? It's super easy to set up so you can track your progress and your rides. Just another reason to hop on Zwift and give it a spin. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today. 
Uh, welcome back to the Zwift Tour de France podcast. It's now time to look at what's coming up tonight on your screen. And what's coming up tonight on the SBS Tour de France is total beauty, total alpine beauty, and you cannot deny it. No, no. You know what? For me, the Alps, I prefer the Alps over the Pyrenees. I love the pine. I'm so glad you said this because last time we were in the Pyrenees, everyone was like, Pyrenees, I love it. Yeah, I love the Pyrenees. The Alps are better cycling-wise. They're too old. <laughs> that sounds terrible, doesn't it? No, I love, I love the, I love the Pyrenees, but the Alps are just, I don't know. They, they are newer. They're more modern. Uh, the roads, the roads are in better condition. To ride them, wow, it's, it, they're spectacular. But even, even just, you know, talking about the stage, you know, they go up the Col du Telegraph, and one of my favourite mountain passes, the Col du Galibier, the higher the better uh, for me. Not, not as a rider, but just as a visual and as a drama that will inf- unfold in the tour stage. You know, this is probably one of the great stages that we're going to see. Absolutely. Is this the day tonight where we will see if Romain Bardet means business? Yeah, we'll get a good hint. We've already had a good hint. He means business already. I think we've got to give him that. What we'll see is if he's capable of winning the tour. I think we'll, I think we'll get an idea after, after today's stage if he can actually, uh, yeah. And do you think we'll see that in the Col du Telegraph or the Col du Galivier or maybe both? It's got to be on the Col du Galivier. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, 2,642 metres. They go over the top of that and they're only, well, they're 30-odd kilometres just under to the finish line, but it's all downhill. And it is, it is literally a descent down to the finish. So, And we know how good of a descender he is. So going in the incline, he's a very good uphill rider as well. But he's a good descent, descender as well. He is, but I'm not sure if this descent will help him. I think the, on memory, the roads are fairly wide. I don't, not as technical of what we've seen of the older roads in the Pyrenees. Um, so he'll have his work cut out there. But you can't win the tour on the descent. You're not, you're not going to. You've got to win it in the time trialling and the climbing for, for me. So... You know, let's... Uh, we saw with Richie, you can definitely lose the tour on the can, descent. You can lose the tour. Many, many riders before have lost the tour on the descent. So, Bardet's put everything right, but he's got other guys around him that, that will challenge as well. Rigoberto Uran, of course. The Colombian. I'm, I'm loving the story behind the Colombian. We know what he's done in the past, twice, second in the judo. But he potentially could be the first South American to win the Tour de France. And at the minute, he's, I'm not going to say he's going... Uh, undercover but he's slightly undercover we focus on Bardet we focus on Aru and of course Christopher Froome Uran is a bit left on the side we tend to forget about Uran lurking here if he had not have won that stage into Chambry he would totally be under the radar and really for the wrong reasons and as his director sportive Charlie Wagalius said well it's not a total shock he is where he is he said he's got pedigree and he's got form at, at Grand Tours and twice second in the Giro you know, he's world-class, but he's, his form has lapsed the last couple of times. What's interesting about it is the highest place he's ever had at the Tour de France is in 23rd place, and he's only done the Tour, I think, four times out of something like 15 Grand Tours. So it's interesting that he hasn't... He's always more so focused on the Vuelta and the Giro. The Tour was never a sort of a course to suit him, but, wow, it's suiting him this year, isn't it? Absolutely. Who else can you see uh, challenging on that stage? Can we, what can we see from Christopher Froome on this? Because you mentioned in your live broadcast yesterday, the, better, the, the best defence is the attack. Is that what we can see tonight? Yeah, he, he, he needs to attack Froome. I don't think he wants to rely on this short advantage that he's got. It's not enough. You know, he, he doesn't even want to carry that into the individual time trial in Marseille because of guys like Uran. So Froome will attack. I, I'd expect Bardet to attack. I expect Aru to attack. They need to get ahead of Froome. Froome's still got the advantage... It's really not enough. 
And for the other guys, well, they're obviously trailing, so they need to attack him. Every mountain uh, stage now, they need to attack for him, but they've got to have the legs to do it. I think one of the best advice we can give the, the audience uh, for today, going towards your day, is grab a nap, if you can grab a nap during the day, uh, because it's going to be just an amazing stage. Uh, it will be It will be beautiful. And the weather has been stunning, hasn't it? For the past week now, we've had fantastic weather. Probably one of the warmest Tour de France's we've got. So the visuals... That's because I'm here. That's because I'm here. Mate, I bring the weather with me from Melbourne, <laughs> which sounds terrible. Mel- Melbourne's the most inconsistent <laughs> weather place in the world, I think. Absolutely. No, it's true. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been a great weather. So you reckon it's going to be an awesome stage? Oh, it's getting, without a doubt, no matter what happens. Look, even if there's a standoff, a Mexican standoff with the GC guys, we'll just see a great stage. And, you know, the opportunist riders as well who want to win this stage, the guys that can climb but they're not up there in the general classement. So, no, there's a lot of things to be played out. Okay, well, that's great to have a look at this stage coming up tonight. Thanks, Dave. It was great to have you around again. Thank you. Looking forward to it. And uh, this is it for the Swift Tour de France podcast for this 19th edition of the 2017 podcast. Next episode will be available tomorrow morning. And meanwhile, remember, you can download and listen to past episodes on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash central, on our iTunes, of course, where we are at Cycling Central, and on our website, sbs.com.au slash central, or even you can uh, schedule a beautiful ride with our friends at Zwift on zwift.com. But for now... And on behalf of the whole SBS team here at the Tour de France, it's goodbye for now. Au revoir et à demain. Thanks to Zwift for sponsoring the SBS Tour de France podcast. Every day throughout the Tour de France, there are SBS group rides that you can join and see how your wattage output compares to the likes of Richie Port and Chris Froome. Check it out today by visiting Zwift.com to learn more.